Hello beautiful people! Wow, I wish I had a drum roll effects for whenever I want to, you know, come into the podcast. <laughs> wow, it's been ages, man. If anyone told me it would take this long before I record a second podcast, I'll debate it vehemently. <laughs> but here we are. Oh, so many things have happened, but uh, it's good to be back. Very, very good to be back. And I hope you are excited to be with me on this second episode of the podcast this evening we're going to be talking about something that i don't know if you if you haven't experienced it as a christian you will experience it sometime it's just it's just something that's going to happen to you as a christian and i really hope we have a beautiful time and i pray i pray that the holy spirit himself will minister to us and give us his well, give us his word. Thank you very much for joining me. Enjoy. Okay, so you all remember that popular Monzai movie now, Gwemi. <laughs> Who did not watch Gwemi? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to quote Burjon. You know that part just before Gwemi accepted his proposal when he was teaching a single class where he said, God has a waiting room. And in the waiting room of God, there's a LED TV. And then he went on and on like that. But you see, one thing is one thing you also realize is that in that waiting room, okay, there's also this very plush rug, like really nice rug. <laughs> but that rug is beginning to wear off because rather than sit down, relax, and watch something nice on the LED TV God has provided in the waiting room, some people would rather pace the length of the old of the waiting room over and over and over and over and again to the wear of that um, you know that beautiful plush rug this evening i want to talk about what to do while in god's waiting room what kind of attitude to put forward when you're in god's waiting room but before we go on i think it's important for us to talk about situations that could land us <laughs> in that waiting room whether the stakes are high or low there are specific or there are certain situations that could land us there and i'm going to classify the situations into three well major categories so the first situation i have here hmm, on this list of um moments where you find yourself in god's waiting room is when you've gotten to the end of your rope and you've done all there is to do you know first of all i want to talk about as christians doing every single thing you have to do and making sure you dot all i's and cross all t's in whatever endeavor you lay hands upon here's the thing first of all you know the bible says whatsoever you lay your hands you know whatever your hands find to do rather do it with all your strength now the thing is apart from just having mere strong work ethics as christians we are required to give our best to whatever we are doing we can't say because um we have a god that is powerful all powerful and can do everything we do things heartedly and expect god to finish the rest that is not what they mean when they said uh, you know god is going to magnify your efforts it means even god is going to look at how diligent you've been have you done all there is to do so as christians we're required to be like our father you know it's just the way it is if you are a child of your father you have to be like him and if there is anything if sorry if creation is anything to go by 
you have to realize that God is not slothful in any way. I mean, within six days, God created everything we're seeing and those we're yet to discover. I mean, imagine that millennia after, we are still trying to understand the complexity of what God did within six days. From the heavenly bodies to the human body. We're still discovering things. Imagine how busy God must have been within those six days. So busy that it was recorded that he rested on the seventh day. So we have no, we have no excuse for not putting our best into whatever we do. So what I'm trying to say in essence here is that before you can place yourself in this category, you must have actually done all there is to do. You know, you have done your due diligence, you have put forth your best, you have um, crushed all T's, dotted all I's, turned every stone, and in all sincerity, there is nothing more you can do. And all you just have to do is wait. Wait for a result, wait for a verdict, wait for some promotion, wait for whatever it is you're waiting for at that point in question. It can be very, very hard actually just waiting and now that is a classic situation that places you in god's waiting room so the second situation i have here is when you're desperately waiting for what next from god but it seems not to be forthcoming okay this does not at all i would say it might not happen most times with our secular endeavors in my experience it happens most times with a spiritual assignment where God is trying to school us in the act of patience while trying to use us in the same vein. Now, patience is a virtue as we all know, but not many of us are born with it. At least I know I was not born with the virtue of patience. As a matter of fact, I'm still working on it. I'm not a very patient person. Okay, scratch that. I'm not a patient person. <laughs> okay, so what God, what God does is to give us an assignment and probably reveal his steps his plans rather only in steps such that when he gives you step one if you haven't finished step one he probably would voice a thing about step two now this waiting period more than looking forward to what next or even waiting for a result is a school of sorts personally i i find it kind of comforting in the sense that first of all God took interest in me as an individual and paid attention to me to not just to use me but teach me certain things and help me cultivate my relationship with him with regards to hearing from him, trusting him and obeying him. That's number one. Number two, I enjoy the fact that or rather I find the light some the fact that it's like he's teaching me personally, step by step. I love that communication. I love the fact that he teaches me what to do. He reassures me of his, his word and the fact that yes, he's still the one taking the lead. He guides me, he directs me. All in all, this waiting period for me is a very satisfying time because it is a testament of the working relationship that I have with God. Do you see how peculiar this kind of, you know, waiting period is? Now, make no mistake, this kind of situation is different from one involving indecisiveness. 
it's not that you're unsure of what next to do rather you do not know and you're waiting on god because it's his project and he's taking the lead it's not where you can use your initiative or you've been given the assignment but you're stalling in hesitation they are very different situations another beauty of this kind of waiting is that you can rest assured that you're not stranded yes there is that there is that confidence that you're not stranded rather you're waiting on god and you know you're going to smile away from the situation nonetheless it doesn't change the fact that it's a waiting period now the third and the last on my list of situations are put you in the waiting room of god or moments when you find yourself in the waiting room of god is when you need clarity and the perfect timing okay this is a little bit controversial in the sense that people some people believe if you've got something to do and you know what to do just do it they believe sometimes it's a a an excuse for indecisiveness when some people say they are waiting on God for the perfect timing. Well, there is a fact that it could be an excuse in someone's case, but it doesn't change the fact that the concept of perfect timing, waiting on God for the perfect timing, is not one that can be overemphasized. Whether it's a secular endeavor or a spiritual assignment, waiting on God for the perfect timing is a very good way to go. Now, here it is. Many people have lost some amazing opportunities because their timing was off. Some others have lost faith in God because they believe he led them down a path, but it never worked out. They never stopped to think that it might have been because they missed their timing. Over and over in the Bible, we see God give clear-cut instructions, you know, to his people about timing. Okay, let's take the battle at Jericho, for example. A very, very classic example. Now, God is omnipotent. If God wants to finish Jericho in a split second, he could do it. I mean, it didn't take him that long to bury Pharaoh and his minions in in the Red Sea. So what's it with a seven-day marching deal? I mean, think about it. But here's the truth. While further along, we might understand why and you know come to that understanding ourselves that wow that actually done it at so so time looking in retros in retrospect rather it wouldn't have worked out if i'd done it probably after it wouldn't have worked out either and there are other situations where to be honest god does not owe us an explanation ours is just to trust and obey so when you're actually waiting on god for the right timing and you feel like you're running out of time Sometimes that waiting period can be very, very frustrating and scary. You're wondering, should I just go right ahead? And at another time, you're wondering, okay, what if my timing is wrong? One thing I just want you to understand is that if you're in the waiting period, if you're in the waiting room of God because of timing, God has our best interest at art. If you've schooled your art, yourself rather in the Art of hearing from God you can trust him that he'll let you know if you should just go right ahead or you should wait on him now I want to talk about how to manage this waiting moment that after all is what this whole podcast is all about but before we talk about managing this waiting moment let's talk about strength for a little bit so 
people think strength is all about having power agility and you know this ability to run all around the place get things done you know being a constant flurry of activities nope sometimes strength is silent and one major situation where your silent strength is tested is when you have to wait patiently on God. Your ability to be able to calm down, your ability to be able to, you know, just stand strong in faith and, you know, do away with negative da- uh, negativities, doubts, unbelief is a very big show of strength, of silent strength. Now, how do we manage this moment? Of course, you manage this moment by showing this kind of strength we've talked about. But how do you actually go about it? Number one, do not handle it like the average person. See, let's be honest. It's far easier, okay, to worry, agitate, pull out your hair in impatient frustration than quietly sit as you speak to God and draw strength from his throne. It's way easier to wear out the plush ro- plush rather in the waiting room than to sit back and watch something nice. Because <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves, you're here waiting for something. Very important. You're scared about how it will turn out. You're scared about missing your timing. You're scared about doing getting things wrong. There are a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake here. It's hard to just sit still. It's not in the human nature to just sit still. However, as hard as it may seem to, you know, sit still and as easy as it may seem to just worry and agitate, it is not healthy for you, spiritually or physically. And though it may seem normal for the average human being, as a Christian, you have to understand that you're a notch higher than the average human being. See, you're not just a creature. You're a child of God. You're co-heirs with Christ. You're citizens of God's kingdom. You have a father who has the universe on the tip of one finger. I was listening to a podcast recently and the lady was saying, see, she has a personal mantra for herself. You know, a, a situation where when she, whenever, rather, whenever she finds herself in a situation where she feels she's about to get shaky and, you know, she's losing sight of who she is, she, 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 she reminds herself of who she is. This is something you can also tell yourself. I'm not just a creature. I'm a child of God. No random person can just decide my fate. I'm co-heirs with Christ. I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. I have a father who has the universe on the tip of one finger. Beyond this identity, you have God's special promises and they are yours for the taking and for the, you know, for, 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 for using. You have assurance that he's got your back and will come through for you. You have peace through the Prince of Peace. So, my dear, you'll owe it to your divine status to handle this waiting moment better than the average person. After all, the average person is just on his own. He doesn't have a working and intimate relationship with the Father. He doesn't have a working and intimate relationship with the Master of the Universe. The average person does not know tomorrow well, just like you. But he's also losing out on the fact that he does not know the one who holds tomorrow, whereas you do. So in summary, you are not the average person. So you can't handle your waiting moments like the average person. The second one I have here 
you know the second tip to handling your waiting moments is to avoid negative confessions and attitudes yes you might be waiting on god and you're trusting him and everything but you can't you can't combine trust with negative thoughts and you know attitudes grumbling murmuring complaining it's so easy it comes naturally it's just the human nature but you have to make deliberate efforts to you know counter it and tell yourself i am a child of god god has got my back on this nothing is going to go wrong i am his daughter i am his son and he's going to let me to know what to do at the right time he's going to have my back the heart of kings are in his hands and as rivers of water he turns them whithersoever he wills apart from you know just making this confirm um, affirmations you have to understand that whatever you do whatever you say however you act during your waiting period as very very you know i mean it weighs heavily on the next phase or on the results you're looking up to god for now the next thing you have to do is to pray see when i think of this step of prayer i think about elijah you just think about it elijah a national prophet talk about someone that hears god without mixing things up it's elijah this same man was told by god that go meet ahab and tell him that i'm going to send rain down on the land of israel today (laughs) i mean he heard god directly he was so sure of his conviction that he was ready to go face Ahab, the same person who, according to uh, Obadiah, had looked all over for him, probably with an intention to kill that person that prophesied drought on the land of Israel. So imagine the conviction he had. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't get his his instruction wrong. He faced Ahab. He brought fire down on Mount Carmel. But still, he went back to his closet, not just to sit back and say, God has said it, which is a good attitude. But when I think of the fact that he still went back to pray and hold God to his promise, I realized that prayer, not the prayer of fear, not the prayer of agitation, but prayer in a bid to remind God of what he has said. Is very very important when you're in the waiting room of God talk about being in the waiting room I don't think there was any waiting room like the one Elijah was in we're talking about a man who had spoken and given a prophecy I told Ahab to go and eat and drink because rain is going to come down if there is anybody to say he or she was waiting on God for something that day it was Elijah but he prayed he prayed and kept sending his servant to go look at the skies for the sign of rain. The servant went seven times. It was the seventh time that he saw that little cloud that announced the coming of rain. My dear, you can't do without prayer in God's waiting room. You have to also audibly affirm the word of God. More than any other reason, audibly affirming the word of God is for you. It is a good, you know, a very effective way to ward off doubts, unbelief, negative confessions and attitudes while in the waiting room of God. You know, 
the bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of god that is by repetitive hearing of the word of god the more you hear it the more you believe it but even more than hearing the more you say it the more you are able to convince yourself the more you claim these promises the more you affirm these promises of god that he has given to you concerning that situation your faith grows and you're able to talk back to your unbelief you're able to talk back to your doubt you're able to talk back to the negativities and in the same vein you're able to remind god of what he has said concerning the situation it's more like praying but while praying is actually you know holding god to his word audibly affirming god's word you know it's more for you for your faith for your confidence in god that is going to do what he has said he will do now finally you have to praise god the bible talked about abraham and said his faith didn't waver rather he was strong in faith giving glory to god you can't afford not to praise god i mean praise him in the past tense in my opinion sometimes praising god in the past tense you know is it's like a taunt to the old situation in the sense that why are you expected to be wondering how is it going to turn out how is it going to you know i don't know how is every, everything going to end i mean what's going to happen that is the natural way it's supposed to be you're supposed to be agitated you're supposed to be patient but when you decide to praise god in in the past tense like he has done it already sometimes i wonder if there's a bigger testament of of your faith in god for that situation yes when you say god i thank you because you've done this i thank you because it is done i thank you because i know i'm coming out of this successful i'm going to it's going to turn out to be to be for me a testimony when you thank god in the past tense it shows that you believe it is done and to be honest faith is not just believing that god will do it faith is believing that god has done it it says in hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 that now faith is the substance of thing hoped for what's what what do you mean by substance something you have tangible in hand already substance of things hoped for that is you already have you know faith is like having tangible evidence that it it has happened the evidence of things not seen when you praise god you're telling him see i'm not worried that you will do it or i'm not worried whether or not you do it i know you've done it now here is this song that i like to sing for me it's prophetic and it's also a testament of my faith that i believe god has done it i believe i don't have to wait for it to happen before i can sing this kind of song i believe he's done it already usually when i'm praying like that after i've sung you know god will make a way by dumb one i decide to move to this song because for me it's like this is done already and i need to i need to let god know that i believe it is done it is this song by um, I think Travis Green, if I'm not mistaken. He made a way when my back was against the wall, and it felt as if it was over. He made a way, and I'm standing here 
only because he made a way not just god will make a way yes god will make a way i've sung that god will make a way but i need to remind myself that he has made the way already i just need to see the physical evidence but in the spiritual by virtue of faith i believe he's done it already so dear listener in conclusion just like bro john as he taught that class in that movie baby this beautiful host of yours <laughs> is also in the waiting room of god and in all honesty, she can't say she has been handling her waiting like Elijah or Abraham or any of those patriarchs of faith. But she is reminded, even as she records this episode, that she doesn't have to spend the whole day pacing the whole length of the waiting room of God repeatedly. She's reminded that God has got her back. She's reminded that she can word of her fears and her doubts by affirming God's word. She's reminded that at the end of the day, prayer is the key. She's reminded that praises moves the hands of God to do big things. So she's decided to spend more time on the plush, you know, cushion that God has provided in his waiting room than she does pacing the old room and she's inviting you to join her on the sofa to watch something nice rather than worry agitate and pull out you know your hair in frustration don't you think it would be nice to just calm down together pray together affirm god's word together and smile out of the waiting room together it's none other than Joy A. Adilmi, a.k.a. Spread Pen, your beautiful host on a better you with Spread Pen and co question in improvement, saying thank you, thank you, thank you very much for listening to tonight's episode of the podcast. I hope you were blessed. I hope you got a message. I hope you are ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And I hope you will be doers of the word and not just listeners. Please do spread the word. Share the link to the podcast with others so that they can get on the train to be better Christians on this pilgrimage to heaven. Thank you once again for listening to the podcast this evening. Till next time. Ciao.